Welcome to Direct Democracy Today. That was Our Lady Peace with Fight the Good Fight. And that's what we're doing tonight as we bring on our ho- our guest. I can't believe this. I just blanked out. Um, Joshua <laughs> Ford. <laughs> that's it. Joshua Ford. I got it. Senior <laughs> moment didn't last too long. And... Uh, <laughs> I am excited to talk about his campaign and uh, what he thinks about direct democracy and all sorts of fun. We have our my co-host on and off when he's available. Happy to have him tonight, Chris Karras. And uh, a little bit about myself. I uh, became involved in progressive politics with Occupy Wall Street from day one um, uh, for five years, uh, full-time uh, fighting progressive causes, of uh, protesting all of that, and then decided to step in the ring against a Democrat, Elizabeth Estee, in the 5th District in Connecticut. Uh, it was an amazing uh, journey, and I was uh, thinking about uh, running for governor for 2018, and then uh, I got involved with the direct democracy movement, and uh, founded the International Direct Democracy Union. And uh, the union sponsors this show. It is primarily about direct democracy. However, we do uh, 
cover other democracy, and uh, that's tonight. And uh, just tell you a little bit about our guest. He is a uh, independent challenger of Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts for senator. He is a sheriff in Kingston. Um, uh, no, that's uh, Middlesex County. A Middlesex County. I'm sorry, Middlesex County. That's okay. I'm from Mass, uh, from Kingston, right now. And uh, and he's ready to fight the good fight against Elizabeth Warren. Yay! Let's hear it That's for right. Joshua. <laughs> and we got a real progressive in Massachusetts. Yay! That's absolutely. I'm in Connecticut, so I'm right. I'm right next door. We're. Uh, okay. So well, why don't one you, of the, uh, the, go ahead. Well, one of the, the great things that I've found while running uh, for the U.S. Senate against Elizabeth Warren is that, you know, there are people in every state right now uh, doing just like me, you know, independents and third-party candidates that realize that we have a corrupt two-party system, and they, you know, they're stepping up to try and do the, the right thing and, you know, against a, a system that tells us we're wrong and that we shouldn't try and change things and, you know, people are making a difference. So I hope, you know, I'll win here in Mass and somebody else will win in Connecticut that's there to actually fight for the people, and then we can start doing things right around here. Absolutely. Chris, why don't you uh, come in and uh, say a few words? Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. Um, I'm the oldest of the crew here. I'm 63. Uh, uh, old hippie. I, I protested Vietnam and uh, atomic energy and all sorts of things. Uh, I've got a degree in advertising from Arizona State University. I spent 25, 30 years um, as an advertising researcher helping a lot of the enemy uh, become more sophisticated uh, from politics to uh, Chevrolet to Budweiser. Um, I've done a lot of work that way, so I understand how that works. Uh, I tend to be the devil's advocate on this, this show, so I ask a lot of pointed questions that, that might seem upsetting, but I, I just want to get to both ends of the viewpoint. And No, that, that's uh, fine. I mean, I have to work in a prison, and you have to work really hard to say something to upset me. So, <laughs> Okay. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, and with that, um, would you give a, a, a two-minute or a th- minute and a half uh, nutshell about you, Josh. Sure. Uh, I decided to start running uh, around 2016 when Bernie was running uh, in the primaries. Uh, you know, I saw the corruption here in Mass and around the country, state after state, and I realized, you know, Elizabeth Warren didn't do anything to stop it. Uh, the governor, Baker, did nothing to stop it. And the mayor of Boston was walking around with Bill Clinton blocking people from voting. And uh, I said, you know what, you know, I kept every day I would go online waiting for somebody to step up and to try and make a change around here. And I realized I was going to have to be the one that stood up to fight for the people because, you know, the people needed a voice in Massachusetts that was actually going to speak for them. Okay. Um, I heard on one of the interviews, not an interview, but um, on one of the radio shows that, that promoted you, uh, you come from a, a a police family or a law enforcement family. Is that true? Yes, I do. My okay, father is so, a, uh, a Melrose ahead, police yeah. officer. I work in the sheriff's department with my cousin, and uh, I've got other family that are actually Mounties in Canada, so we're, we're kind of all over the place. <laughs> okay, well, not to, not to presume, but... Um, and again, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so I live out in the Wild West, uh, mm-hmm. where where the the red states bleed all over me. Um, but uh, I w- I've always had the image that that most uh, law enforcement agents are more conservative than than the average person. Do you do you have any anybody in your family that is giving you a hard time for what you're doing or anything? Are you being, are you well supported? Uh, well, my father already told me I'm not getting his vote, so I, I kind of saw that one coming, though. <laughs> uh, my father and I, like you say, uh, a lot of officers are conservative and stuff, but, uh, you know, I've spent, it takes a lot of time to crack some of those shells sometimes, but, 
you know, if you keep talking to people and you, you talk reasonably to them about facts and what's actually going on in this country, you know, I think the toughest thing for police officers is, you know, they kind of go into the job with their mentality of how the system is. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of stuck that way. And then there's, you know, they work so hard and there's so little time to to find out what's really going on. I was actually injured uh, for the second time uh, back in 2016 when, when the primaries were going on. And that gave me a lot of time to be involved in what was going on and to really just to focus on how badly things had messed up, had been messed up for decades now, it seems. So, you know, I think over time we can win the police officers back and show them, you know, we need to be here for the people, not for the corporations that are running things. Well, that, that shows a lot of strength. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Do you have a question, um, Stephanie? I got plenty, so I can I can go on all night. So go ahead, Chris. <laughs> oh shoot! Fire away. Um, okay, I saw your your Memorial Day. I think it was Memorial Day talk on on your Facebook page, um, and uh, while I agree with a lot of it. Um, there were parts that, that interested me. You you encourage people not to enlist in the service uh, because the service right now is for the one percent. Uh, I mean, I don't want to uh, paraphrase your words. I, I'll let you tell tell us why you encourage people not to enlist in the service, um, uh, and then I'll ask another question after you do that, if you would. Sure. Um, well, we've got never-ending wars right now. And, you know, I'm a big history buff. You know, uh, I grew up watching the History Channel with my father and stuff, and we'd watch Vietnam and, you know, World War One and World War Two. And World War Two, to me, was the last time that you really saw us go to war to make the world a better place to save people. And the wars we've been in now, uh, you know, especially in the Middle East these days, they're for the, the profit of the 1%, and it's really wars that are used to manipulate the youth of America into going to fight. And the only people that profit are big banks that fund both sides. You've got, you know, propaganda on the mainstream media where, you know, you see CNN setting up shots of, you know, people – uh, you know, all upset, and you know whether they're Muslim or Taliban, and it's really tough to watch because you know I di- I do the extra digging to see how things are going and you know how people are being manipulated through the media and stuff like that. And when I hear people that just you know still trust the mainstream, uh, it, you know it's really upsetting that you know I know that they have family and stuff that are going to war for them. And, you know, because, you know, they have the best of intentions to fight for freedom and democracy and for their country, you know, to keep us all safe here. And they're being used as tools and puppets. And that's not what our soldiers should be for. You know, a war should be a last resort, not the first option. So to me, sorry, Stephanie. I said, right. I was agreeing. Yes. Thank you. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's up to us now to, you know, if we stop fighting, if we stop enlisting, if we stop, you know, assisting the military-industrial war complex that's building these war machines, it's the only thing we seem to do in America anymore is go to war. And right. it doesn't benefit us. You know, it doesn't benefit the 99% of the American people. It only benefits the 1% that are – breaking in the rewards, and they don't even take care of our veterans when they come home. You know, you see so many veterans. You know, I used, before I was a sheriff, I worked as a uh, security guard at the Merrill's Wakefield Hospital. And, you know, I would see some veterans come in, and you would see how upset they were. And, you know, over the years I've talked with people, I've seen veterans in the uh, prison system, and you know, there's a lot of trauma involved with wars, and it should it doesn't have to happen. If we convert from a military society, we could probably do so much better for every citizen in this country. It would be, it would turn your heads around. I, I really believe that. And the world, right? Yeah. Um, 
a couple more follow-up questions to that. You're not mm-hmm. suggesting that we get rid of the military, correct? No. You know, unfortunately, there. I think there will always be a place for a military. But as I said, it's it should absolutely be a last resort. As politicians, we should be working to find peaceful solutions. It shouldn't be, let's go to war. That shouldn't be the first thought on everyone's mind that we have to go to war. So decreasing the number of bases, we right now have 900 bases. So that would be an objective, I would yeah, think. That's, yes. You know, I, I mean, I think we need to start pulling back from those bases and, you know, we just don't – 900 bases is insane. I mean, there's no reason to maintain that much force around the world other than to, you know, keep the world in fear of us. And that's not the image the United States should project. Okay. Um, I'm going to offer you a thought I've offered before in this radio program and, and see what you think of it. As opposed to um, not enlisting, I propose as a – as an off-the-wall radical liberal, um, that we reinstitute the draft, and that we do that because people will vote differently if they have to worry about their children and if their children have to worry about being drafted. And uh, it, we would have you would have the option to uh, enlist in uh, volunteer work uh, or enlist in, in the service, but. As you put it on your uh, your video before, that uh, the reason why lots of people enlist is because they want to get out of their communities uh, because of the violence or because of lack of jobs. And so we're still going to have that because they're uh, they they do want to have some hope. Um, but if we force the issue about making people think more about it and making the media more aware of what they how they have to report and why they have to report um, about wars and about conflicts, do you think that would change anything? I don't. And uh, I think, well, I think if the draft got reinstituted, I think there would be more pushback against the wars. I think that would be a natural reaction to it. But uh, as you said, you know, people you know, enlist to get better jobs and stuff like that and get opportunities out of bad neighborhoods. I, to me, I feel like our government keeps these neighborhoods down. You know, there is right. it, an effort to keep people held down. So, I mean, it's, it's an unknown draft almost. You know, we're going to keep this neighborhood beat down so that we can make sure that there's always an ample supply of people walking through the door to register right. for the military. Right. And and that has to end, you know. It, we, you know, if I think uh, Trump just increased the funding for the military by uh, 54 billion, I think it was. Can you imagine what you could do around this country with that kind of money to rebuild neighborhoods and just create jobs? You know, we don't even have uh, the opportunities to start businesses anymore. You know, everybody's held back. You know, if you don't already well, have money, then it's incredibly hard to better yourself. And that really has to change. Well, there's something wrong with a society that has so much work that needs to be done and no jobs. Um, and you have to start thinking to yourself, you know, is it the system? Yes. Does the system have to change? Drastically now or we're all Going to die and that is the bottom Frigging line uh, We are so close with the climate Change and everything else And with Trump reversing all these Environmental laws We are really pushing The envelope to the point of probably No return very very shortly If, if we haven't already crossed that line already So You know with that being Said um, The people are disenfranchised feeling they have no power and their representatives are so wholeheartedly corrupted um, and, and legally so with the lobbyists buying their votes right out in the open uh, and people feeling so helpless. And the reason why I left the governor's race and joined the direct democracy movement 
It is my belief that direct democracy, uh, the technology is here. We have it with the blockchain uh, to make this a reality now. And I don't know if you uh, took, uh, were able to look at that video for Flux Party USA, but they have the software to uh, enable this to happen. And Well, absolutely. I did take a quick look at that. And, you know, I, I mean, if you just – the simple thing is, I mean, if you look at an ATM, everything's, you know, accounted for and, right. you know, you know, double-checked. I mean, why can't we do that with our votes? And the right. the, the terrible answer is the system is rigged against us, our votes absolutely. and uh, rigged against us. You know, and, absolutely. you know, I know uh, Warren – you know, is possibly going to be running for president uh, in the future. If I, uh, hopefully, I'll beat her, and we won't have to deal with that issue. But, you know, I know that one that because she does have these high ambitions, that I might have to be fighting, you know, election rigging just to, you know, get a fair shot at the game here. It's a, it's a lot of hurdles they'd have to get jumped. Um, well, talking about jumping ahead, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about. Uh, Senator Warren then uh, What makes her corrupt Or what makes her a bad candidate In your eyes Well Going back to the 2016 primaries We had You know Bernie Who at the time I I fought night and day for uh, And You know she refused to support him And then worst of all She supported Hillary Clinton And by doing that you know, she really showed her true support or what she was willing to accept for her own shot at power. Uh, Hillary was going to take us into uh, World War Three with Russia, you know, to uh, finance the military-industrial war complex. You know, she was uh, big into the big banks, which is uh, something, you know, Warren is supposedly against. But how do you back the candidate that's completely involved with the big banks? And then, you know, Hillary also had the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, which she helped write. And, you know, that was going to enslave the American people to corporations. So, and, you know, if Warren really cared about the people and her position to, you know, do what's best for the American people, she would not have been silenced about supporting Bernie, and she definitely would not have supported uh, Hillary Clinton. So, I she mean, didn't that's just... Support- she didn't support Hillary until the general, did she? Uh, Not formally. No, I, I don't believe so. But action, her inaction. But it, it was that, her that inaction a, before that that kind of really got on. I know my nerves as a progressive. As somebody who supported Bernie, I, I agree with you. I would have liked that, um, and it would have given that much more of an oomph if if, if she would have done that. And he went but on. And she, she, she went on but she does have ambitions, and she was looking at her own ambitions, and she wanted to back a winner, and she didn't know who was going to win, and so she didn't commit until after the general. That is not necessarily commendable, but it doesn't make her a, a terrible um, candidate. I don't think. Well, actually, actually, Bernie did win. Uh, they, they, when they voted in the primaries, Bernie won, but they actually did a re-vote uh, because they, you know, they did it in the morning at breakfast when they weren't supposed to do it, you know, hoping they could sneak in a win for Hillary then. And when they realized that even in the morning, Bernie had won, you know, so they had to re-vote again and again. I, unfortunately, Bernie won that, but Bernie didn't fight for it. So no, Bernie did that, not fight, and I'm angry with Bernie, too. Yes. You know, we, I think that. what we have now with Bernie and Warren is, you know, it's controlled opposition. You know, right. they're the grandma and grandpa kind of thing that you're supposed to kind of love, but they're not really there for us. You know, they tell us what we want to hear, but, you know, they work for the establishment. Otherwise, Bernie would have, you know, fought the election rigging. And the same with Warren. You know, when we had election rigging here in Massachusetts, she didn't step up and fight that. You know, she just kind of let that go by, you know, and to me, you know, all right, she's got ambitions, like you say, Chris, but how many people have to suffer for her ambitions? Oh, Um, see, this is, this is why direct democracy is so important because you take people's personal 
foibles out of the equation. They just function as a facilitator of the people's will, not of their own uh, political uh, maneuvering. And that, and that is what we need to advance to. Our representative democracy is over 200 years old, going on 300. Um, it's, it's antiquated, and we have the technology to do this. And it is proven in the, in the study after study that the wisdom of the crowd far supersedes individual wisdom. Um, you can have the smartest people making decisions, but when you add in all the other perspectives, it's, it's, it's a powerful force. And we need to harness that for the, for the betterment of the world now. And it is, it is my, um, I have, I mean, I want to get more involved with the flux party. Uh, they're, they're brand new. They just opened up a pack. Um, they have a, several candidates that are uh, running. Um, I, I would love to see more people. I mean, if I had, I wish I could do two things at once because I would love to run under the flux party. But, I mean, it would be very powerful if someone in your position, uh, someone who's going to be looked at because Elizabeth Warren is so high profile, whether you Uh succeed or not, you're going to make a statement. And for you, if you were to go out there and promote direct democracy, that would be such a powerful, powerful message. Um, I would be so, I, I wanted to tell you, I want to help, help you with your campaign in any way that I can. And I would even I be five trillion times. Uh, oh my God. If you, if you could even consider, I mean, you see how direct democracy works in Massachusetts. Referendums are great. The people vote their will. And, you know, Connecticut doesn't have direct democracy at all, at all, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, You know, and that was my hope running for governor to bring it. Uh, But, you know, just to give you a little bit more on my, where I came from uh, evolving into direct democracy, uh, after Bernie lost the primary, I, I felt like I really wanted direct democracy now in my life after having been involved in the Occupy movement and how their community on Occupy Wall Street ran. I wanted to bring that to life. So I thought of Sandersville, uh, Living Direct Democracy. I started that group on Facebook, and I started doing research into where we could do it, and I found a golf course in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, uh, that's on sale for $1.8 million. And I'm in the process now of uh, researching the legalities of how I can and the amount of money I need to get an Indiegogo campaign and all that going for that. But that is that is the dream. But I, but when, it, when I first had the dream, it was like it was going to run in the archaic way Occupy Wall Street ran direct democracy, which is through General Assembly. Now, I didn't even think electronic direct democ- or digital direct democracy was even there yet, and that was just last year. So um, someone from the Canadian direct democracy group contacted me, and through him I met uh, a, whole, a whole world of direct democracy I didn't even know existed. And through that, I have now have 11 countries with over 15 political parties that uh, promote direct democracy um, throughout the world that are a member of the union. And our goal is to promote direct democracy worldwide. So, I mean, um, again, I invite you to consider the flux party. I would lo- I, I think they have the magic that is the revolution is giving the power to the people I've written to Bernie about direct democracy when um, I have his uh, senior advisor's uh, contact information, Phil Fiermonte. Um, I want to write, I'm working on writing a letter of more import and urgency that he consider this. I mean, we really are, this is, he says to himself, we're at this pivotal time. It's so pivotal. If he wants to be a true revolutionary, he needs 
to promote direct democracy and rip the power away from the representatives. Because without a bloodshed revolution and throwing these people out physically, that is the only way we're going to really truly gain the people's power. Because I don't see... Um, you mean direct democracy, the, not, not, not a bloody revolution. Right, right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I, I mean, I, I'm so impassioned about this. I, I, I hope it's coming through. But I mean, yeah. oh, absolutely. You know. Well, you know what? I, I, I always say that our democracy works better the more people involved. And right. you know, direct whether it's direct democracy or representative democracy, uh, you know, it, it, we have to make sure that people's voices are heard, and you know, they get counted. You know, when when I because I, I did, but one of the things that really kind of ticked me off uh, back in 2016 was I took my daughter with me. She had just been born, and I was you know the proud father taking her to go vote, and uh, you know, part of me goes. That vote was stolen, and, you know, my daughter, you know, that kind of nice moment was taken, you know. And, you know, when I, you know, I try and work every day to reach new people and to get more people involved in discussing what's going on in this country, you know, it, it makes me, I know, I fight for my kids because I want them to right. have a future that where they can have a say in their country and their democracy. And, you know, like you say, you know, who knows how much more time we really have, you know, like you say, climate change and, you know, you could be the next big bank failure, you know, the housing market collapses again, Wall Street oh, goes coming. down. Right. It, it, and that's, and, and, you know, those are certainly fears that I have as well. Uh, we've got big problems and our current government isn't going to deal with them. You know, we've seen what they did with, Flint, Michigan, and the North Dakota uh, access pipeline, uh, and, uh, you know, time and again, you know, our government is just marching over the people, and, you know, I, I did, I, you know, like you said, a violent revolution, I kind of had to say to myself, I said, how are we going to fix this? I said, there's two ways, you know, I either, you know, pick up a rifle and game on, or it's start running for the highest office I possibly can and wake up as many people as I can. To that's, it. And that is exactly uh, and, what I did. Yep, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly okay, what talking I did. about that, um, why are you an independent versus being a Green Party uh, member of which you were last year? Well, I uh, once I dem-exited, I, uh, I, I, my first instinct was to go with the Green Party. You know, I, I, I voted for Bernie, then I voted for uh, Jill Stein. And, uh, you, know, you know, I started talking to people here. It, well, first I had to hunt down the Green Party here in Massachusetts, which wasn't easy. Uh, their name uh, kind of messed it up. You know, you're looking for the Green Party, and they're actually called the Green Rainbow Party here in Massachusetts. So finding them, first off, wasn't the easiest step for me. Really? Wow. Uh, but once I finally found them, I started working with them. They they weren't really ready for taking on something at this level. You know, they were city and local level, and they just, I don't know if they weren't comfortable taking on Elizabeth Warren. Uh, so, you know, they, they were kind of, they said that I could basically take their name, you know, use the Green Party. Uh, but they weren't really going to provide any assistance at this time. And so I decided that, you know, unfortunately, the Green Party here in Mass didn't have the best reputation either, uh, partly because of the rainbow part of their name, which I know I've spoken with people since then, and I, I know it's been taken into consideration that they might change that. Uh, but, you know, they just weren't ready for that. So I ended up having to go independent and, you know, take this fight to the establishment on my own. So these days I work with as many people as I can online, and I'm reaching out to people to try and find staff uh, to try and start reaching people here by phone banking. And uh, what else am I looking for? You know, I need somebody to do the uh, the bookkeeping, you know, with the financial records and stuff like that. And right. uh, I found a gentleman, and it's just a matter of connecting with him, and hopefully I'll be off and running. Well, fair enough. How, how is the uh, the signature drive going? Uh, I haven't started that yet. I have to uh, get the uh, the bookkeeper information because you have to 
all the hoops you got to jump through. I had to get social security numbers and uh, an FEC number is the next thing I need. So I need this uh, current member of the staff uh, to take over the banking part, and then I can apply for uh, the FEC number that I need, and then I'll uh, make uh, efforts to get the uh, autographs all that I need <laughs> to uh, get on the ballot. Ten thousand, I believe it is. Right. What is what is the the timeline on that? Do you know? How soon do you have to have them? Uh, I, okay. I, I don't know because every time I've called in for it, uh, they told me that they didn't have the paperwork yet. They weren't out yet. They weren't, weren't exactly sure when it was going to be out. So it, I know it's starting to get closer. So I'm going to be calling them a lot more regularly to see when it does come out so I can get that done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you also say that um, uh, on some of your material and some of your talks that that uh, the populace needs to be educated and uh, because the mainstream medium does doesn't always report um, the truth and and uh, obfuscates uh, truth and things like that who do you believe in, and who do you turn to for your news uh, a lot of what I try to do is read in between the lines uh, of what's going on I do like Debbie the same progressive and H.A. Goodman. Uh, I used to like the Young Turks, but I feel like they've kind of gone more corporate these days, so I'm not sure yes. how much more I, I I listen to them anymore. But Debbie, the same progressive, she actually lives here in Massachusetts as well. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, she's way out in Western Mass, so I, I have never actually been able to meet her in person. But uh, she's to me, she's been a fantastic source of information. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to catch her shows. And it, the rest of it, you know, is, you know, I'll read the uh, the Boston Herald and see what's going on. And, you know, it, it's a lot of how you view what's being put out there now. Uh, you know, the as I was in the supermarket today, just looking at the Boston Herald, you know, they want to send 5,000. Uh, Trump's deciding whether he's going to send 5,000 more troops overseas. And you just know that that's, you know, he's already – bit the bullet uh, going with the military-industrial complex. He's already fired missiles into Syria and expanded uh, the finances by $54 billion. So it's highly likely that he's just going to continue with what the oligarchy wants and give them 5,000 more troops, which is something that we, are, the people, are going to have to stand up against. You know, we have to, you know, as much as our representatives don't really work for the people anymore, I feel, we have to, we can't simply just stand back and let it happen. We have to no, make sure can't. our voices are heard. Right. So hopefully we can, you know, raise enough trouble, call enough people, send enough letters, and, you know, we can keep more soldiers from being sent. And ultimately I'd like to see our soldiers brought home. So that's my goal anyway. How would you deal with terrorism? Well, frankly, you know, it, it seems the CIA and our own government causes far too much terrorism, uh, whether we're funding ISIS or sending them weapons. And, you know, the, the sooner we realize that our country is funding these terrorists and causing the problem to make an excuse to go to war to enrich the 1%, the better off we're all going to be. And we have to stop funding. I know Tulsi Gabbard, she had tried to stop uh, weapons from being sent, and I, I give her a lot of credit for that. Uh, but we do. We, the American people have to stand up and say, we're done with these wars. We know you're lying to us. We know that, you know, whether it's the white helmets, you know, you try to make these heroes out of certain people and villains out of others, and it's all an excuse to, you know, continue the wars and make – you know, the 1% and the military-industrial complex richer, and it's something we have to put an end to. So you wouldn't fight terrorism? No, it's not that I wouldn't fight terrorism, but we're creating the problem. We're creating the terrorists, literally, by because we're looking, you know, you're looking at the, the big banks and the military-industrial complex. They... Big banks fund both sides of the wars, and it's profitable to, you know, go to war. So we're funding the terrorists, you know, whether we're using them in Syria or wherever in the Middle East we need trouble. So 
so that there's an excuse to go in and either take out um, Gaddafi or uh, Assad or who you know Saddam, wherever we're going to go, you know it's we used to use uh, mercenaries against Russia, you know, uh, back in the day. And we just have to stop allowing our government to fund both sides of the operation to profit, you know, the military. And that's what well, I, yeah, I mean, the, the, the first name that comes up in my mind is Oliver North when you say that. But and I understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree with it. Okay. But you, are, you haven't you haven't answered the question. You, you've answered what you wouldn't do. What would you do? Well, I would, I would stop the funding. I would not allow the military to continue to send weapons. Uh, we shouldn't be putting weapons in the hands of anyone else other than our own soldiers. So if we stop sending arms and finances to these people overseas, the, these own countries, you know, in the Middle East, they could deal with the problem themselves. But we make the problem worse by funding them and by giving them weapons, and that creates the excuse for us to send our military. So to stop the terrorists, it's real simple. We, all we have to do is stop creating the problem. We, you know, we stop sending money, we stop sending weapons, and we pull our troops out. We let the Middle East sort itself out. And well, I think we'd be far better off than that, otherwise, you know, the you know people are terrified of terrorist attacks over here. To me, our government is the greatest threat that we face. I mean, if you look at 9/11, you know, I didn't instantly, the day it happened, come to the conclusion that that was an inside job. You know, it took years of seeing new information, seeing new videos, seeing expert engineers and scientists talk about how those that those buildings collapsed. How building seven so you, collapsed. So you believe that Bush and Cheney brought down the buildings? I do. I do. I, I think they they certainly had something to do with it. I think there was it was how they have kept us at war for so very long now. There was there was a sphere of you know another giant attack like that, and you know it's not the first time that you know our governments lied to us, and I think there's serious room to question what happened on 9-11. And, you know, until we get some real answers with that, to me, how can you trust anything that the government's going to do, you know, when they're willing to kill so many people to get us to go to war? So right now we need big changes, and we need 9-11 to be investigated again. Uh, I know Jill Stein wanted that, and I, I completely supported her on that. We need that needs to be investigated, and if it really was an inside job, then something needs to be done about it. Do you really believe that that's going to happen? It's it's going to take a a revolution. Now, my me alone getting elected and beating Elizabeth Warren, that's great for me. But for real change to happen, we need candidates across the country, independents and third-party candidates, people that aren't connected to the Democratic and Republican parties that are basically one corporate party now. They don't longer serve the people. So if we can get enough, if we can get the American people informed and get them ready to stand up no longer for, for the two-party corrupt system, and find the candidate that really is there for them. And it's most likely the candidate that they're going to have to search for online or on YouTube like I am. You know, the, there are people out there, the average American, trying to make a difference for them right now. And if they reach out and they find the candidates in their state that are running for Senate and Congress against, you know, the, the current Republican and Democrat people, you know, we're going to have to fight election rigging, a, Across the country, I mean, whether we're going to have to take it to court and we're going to have to protest and march, we're going to have to make big change because, you know, me alone, if I get elected, I beat Warren, I'm still one vote out of the entire right. U.S. Senate. But if we can get 20, 
30 people elected. That's a huge swing in this country. That's a huge, you know, kick in the pants to the oligarchy and the 1%, and we can start taking this country back for the for the American people and not just for the one percenters. Yeah, it's the opposite of the Freedom Caucus. Um, I just have one more question, then, and I'll throw it back over to, to Stephanie. You announced yeah. in, in March, correct? Say that again? You, you announced your, your candidacy in March, correct? Uh, I forget the exact date of when I – it's been a while. I've been at this for about over a year and a half now. Yeah, but but you formally announced, I thought, uh, in, on a video or something, uh, that you were running. Uh, and, and if it's been longer, it, it, it's even more relevant. So you uh, – You've been a known candidate for a while, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Has has the mainstream media interviewed you at all? Uh, nope, nope. I and I don't expect them to. To be honestly, you know, the 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 two-party system hasn't changed, and a lot of it's due to they control the media. And as long as they keep, you know, the voice of the people or independents and third-party candidates from being heard. You know that's how they keep control. So I don't expect. Okay. Well, uh, if, them if, to if you send out press releases and, and that sort of thing, I think they they'd almost feel obligated. They might not they might not interview you in the way that you'd want to be interviewed. What do you think the mainstream media would do to you if you told them that you thought that that Bush and Cheney brought down the Twin Towers? Oh, I imagine they're gonna try to you know. Call me a conspiracy nut and all that, uh, you know. But unfortunately, that's just how I feel. It is, you know. That's okay. the truth, you know. Okay, Stephanie, are you there? Yes. Okay, your turn to ask questions. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I having been through my own campaign and the lack of uh, media coverage and when there was media coverage, it wasn't good uh, mm-hmm. scenario. It is very, that that's going to be your biggest hurdle is media, but mm-hmm. social media is stronger. So it is, I, my advice to you is to make as many memes Memes are huge. Make as many memes as you can and get an army of social media people out there pumping them. Um, well, that, that's absolutely you know, what I've been working on from the very beginning, whether it's my YouTube channel or my Twitter account or Facebook. You know, I, I'm always making video. I, you know, I rotate it. I make videos. I, I write, you know, page-long speeches or, you know, like you said, memes just to, you know, catch people's eye and attention. And, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of uh, what I've accomplished so far. You know, last week I had 40,000 hits on uh, my uh, my Facebook page. And, you know, I've got people talking about me and, you know, you know people like yourselves that are reaching out to me now, you know, independents trying to, you know, do videos and stuff like that with me and uh, this radio interview. So, you know, I, I think, you know, it may come as a surprise to many that uh, if I actually beat Warren, you know, because, you know, people that only watch the mainstream media stuff, they may never hear of me. But, you know, there's so many people, not just in Mass, but across the country that have heard about me that word's getting out that it might be a shock to some people when Warren gets beat. Well, try to find as many uh, independent um, local media as you can. I, in uh, in Connecticut, it was the DC News Junkie affiliate in Connecticut picked up the story that I was a Green Party candidate working on Bernie's campaign that uh, ran for Congress, and uh, it was a huge story that blew up. But because the Democrats kicked back. It got pulled from everywhere but the original source. And mm-hmm. uh, I have an article on my uh, website, stephaniepiddock.com, about how the media kills third-party candidates uh, that oh, yeah. you might find interesting. Um, it, you know, it, it was, 
fighting the media is going to be your biggest hurdle. And, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck. It's, it's definitely David facing Goliath. It's, uh, but you have the heart of gold and that's what it'll see you through. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, just to me, it, you know, winning would be awesome, but you know, where I do try to reach people across the country, if I can make a dent, you know, somewhere, anywhere, getting people involved, educated. getting people yeah. educated, educated, that's it, yeah. you know. That's you how know, I felt too, you know. I knew my yeah. mine was my my fight was huge as well, but I was just like, you know, if I just go out there every day and fight the good fight and and speak the truth and show people the facts, you know, that's what Bernie did. Yeah. You know, he just spoke the truth and and showed the facts. That's all you yeah, have to it do. It makes all the difference in the world. Right. Right. You know, yeah, and, and, you know that's why I. You know, when people ask me, oh, is Warren going to debate me, I, I kind of laugh because, you know, I have, you know, the truth and facts on my side. And, you know, what is she going to say when, you know, I start, you know, telling the truth about the way things really are? That's why I can't imagine she would ever, you know, have the courage to debate me. But, you know, so it's just going to be, like you say, me reaching out to media and, you know, to me, you know, I can't win financially against Warren or anything like that. But, I can get the people on my side, like you say, like Bernie did, you know, tell the truth, get the people to fight for you. And, you know, together, we, you know, this is our country. It doesn't belong to the military or the big banks or big oil. It belongs to the people. And, you know, once we get people informed and people realize what's really happening in this country, we can put an end to the wars and we can make this country better for everybody. So that's something I think, you know, you know, you did your part, and I'm doing my part now, and, you know, we just keep building on that. You know, right. like you say, you know, how long do we have to really make that big difference? I hope we can get there before, you know, anything too drastic comes about. But, you know, it's about, like you say, keeping a positive attitude and getting things done. Right. Uh, talking about Warren, why hasn't any Republican candidate uh, announced yet against her? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure on that one. Uh, the last I heard, uh, Kurt Schilling had thought about running against her. Yes. But from right. what I understood, uh, he he talks about running all the time, and then he never does. So I don't know. I'm not okay, sure. Let me uh, rephrase the question. How uh, how come any serious Republican candidate hasn't announced? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, it's possible that they expect, you know, they're going to give uh, Warren the win for president, like kind of like it was rigged for Hillary. And, you know, who want, who's going to be the losing candidate on the Republican side of this soap opera show? You know, who wants to take that hit? So That doesn't mean that the Republicans aren't going to um... – advertise against her they they there's the Boston papers have already published articles talking about how they're planning on smearing her throughout 2018 during her campaign so that she's hurt for 2020 if she does run for president um I'm, but I'm, I'm not surprised by that and you know I, she's just you know, she, unfortunately she's a lot of talk and that's why you know I'm running against her we need someone that's going to take actual action for the people rather than just kind of lip service to what they want to hear so you know the republicans have the republicans and myself have a lot of ammo against her and, you know I for the most part I try to keep it positive you know every once in a while I try to you know make it funny and give people a laugh but you know it's the serious issues and a serious time and we need real progressives to get into office. We can't deal with these fake people anymore because right. they're not doing us any good. No. Do you have a slogan? Yes, I do. It's uh, after my last name, Ford. It's uh, Future of Rebuilding Democracy. Ford, Future of Building Democracy? Of Rebuilding, of rebuilding Democracy. Okay. I see. I see. Interesting. Go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, okay. Um, well, I know that you're a 
your press tonight because you have your kids and stuff to uh, attend to, so we won't uh, prolong the agony any longer. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to owe them all ice cream treats tonight. You know they they've been very good to me, locking themselves in the bedroom watching TV. So, Dad's gonna give them a little reward for their kindness. Oh, that's great! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Josh. It was great having you, and hope to do it again soon. And uh, good luck on your campaign. And I'll talk to you uh, privately about how I can help you. I would like to give you as much help as I can. Thank you, Stephanie. I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me tonight, and uh, I had a lot of fun with this uh, with this talk. And Chris, you know what? Your questions are great. Uh, no offense was taken. You're still on my good side. <laughs> yeah, I'll <send> you. <laughs> uh, best best wishes and uh, have a good uh, ice cream party. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You have a good night. You too. Good night, Chris. Stay bye. on. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. He was a great guest, Chris. Very nice. Yeah, he's uh, seems like a nice guy, uh, and uh, I I found him very honest. That you know, um, he uh, I I found it interesting his answer about um, uh, law enforcement people and 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 his um, onus to bear. Uh, being liberal. Yes. Um, yeah. His, like you I said, mean, his father his said he father wouldn't vote for him. Yeah, right. right. I know the feeling. My father would do the same to me, sure. I know. Um, it's tough to take, but, you know, that's just the way it is. So I don't know anything about, what was it, Debbie the Liberal, or what was her name? Debbie Lucine the Sane Progressive. Uh, well, on YouTube, on YouTube, go to Sane Progressive. Yes, she's very good. Uh, she does videos, uh, video blogs, quite regularly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I do worry. Uh, I mean, when I always feel that I'm on the fringe of the fringe, and when when he thinks that the Young Turks aren't even telling. Uh, aren't even offering him information that he, that he wants to believe. Um, he's really limiting himself as far as um, uh, what he's going to offer people as far as the truth. I think. No, oh, I'm I'm on his side. Uh, the Young Turks have really taken a turn, and uh, Jimmy Dore out of the Young Turks is the only one I really listen to anymore at this point. Um, I don't know. What I have just... they done wrong? They're not. They're, they're kind of Elizabeth Warrenish uh, in a way. You know, they're just. I don't well, know. Again, I he didn't convince me why Elizabeth Warren is a bad person. Just because she didn't support Bernie doesn't make her evil to me. No, there's. I can. I'll Google it. There's other stances she's taken. It's not just that. He probably couldn't think of them himself off the top of his head. But he needs to know that. He's running against her. He should be able to yeah, think of him off the top of his head all the time. He should have it, you know, imprinted on his hand. Yeah, he's gonna. Need to. Yeah, he's gonna need to. Yeah, he's young. He has to learn these things. You know. Yeah. You know she's gonna be afraid to debate him. I mean, she's a college professor. She's not gonna be afraid to debate him. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, I really like the guy, I, um, but I. Um. You know, and I, I hope he gets the 10,000 signatures. That I don't think that's impossible by any means. That even for, it's a lot uh, more here, even in Arizona. But for a senator uh, in Connecticut, it's 14,000, but for governor, it's only 7,500. Okay. For a third party um, or independent in Connecticut, you need 14,000 signatures. Okay. Well, I mean, I you know, according to his site, he needed ten thousand. That's what he thought he needed tonight. So, and I yeah, you no, know, no, I hope no. he, he is I hope he jumps through all the you know the hoops that he needs to so he can get that started. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a process. It takes some time. Yeah, and 
you know, again, I I don't know how well the uh, the fact that you know the federal government brought down the twin tower stuff is going to to help him. I I don't know that that conspiracy theory being at the forefront is a is a good idea, but and it wasn't at the forefront. I brought it out. I know, but um, if I can bring it out, a good reporter would bring it out. So. Yeah. Well, these are the things he's going to have to navigate. So good luck to him. And uh, yeah, you know, I was I was hoping to convince him to consider the Flux Party to. Uh, run well, with. I, I I think that you he know. needs more time. I mean, he he was just introduced to you know probably ten minutes before the show started. So yeah, right, uh, right. Or maybe an hour. Who knows? But uh, yeah. Uh, it was certainly today that he was first introduced to it. So he, he, he may indeed embrace dem- direct democracy and or the Flux Party, uh, you know, wholly and entirely. But uh, um, and I I think given his bent that there's a good chance he would. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, it really well, is gonna... interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, he needs to focus. He needs to try to get. Uh, mainstream media to cover him if he can. They wouldn't cover well, him, yeah, but he, he's running for Senate, so that might be different, you know? You know, he says he's been doing this for a year and a half, but but uh, obviously he needs... And 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 again, I don't know how you find these people, uh, especially based on the fact that you're independent and everything else, but he, he needs some some politically savvy people to help him out. Yeah, he um, does. Both on speaking and... and you know, topics and, and lots of things. Uh, I, I think his heart's in the right place. I, there is no doubt in my mind that it, that it, you know, is, uh, it's just that, uh, again, he, um, I think a polished politician of, of any worth would, uh, would make him look a little silly at this point, just because he's raw at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He has to sharpen up. He will. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not easy to do. I know. I went through it. It's not easy. It is really difficult. Yeah. And uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit you can for start attempting the ice cream it. party. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, partnering with me tonight. It was fun, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Soon. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun doing the research for two hours. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was even good. got to look across. So I didn't. I didn't even mention those things. So, uh, uh, but I looked at polls and everything else for her. I mean, for Warren and stuff. And yeah. um, um, it is interesting that the Republicans have yet to put up somebody against her, but they are clearly looking to uh, uh, the campaign against her, um, you know, very soon when, when it gets serious, you know, come, come the first of the year, right. uh, it'll probably, it'll probably be one of the ugliest campaigns that we see because they really want to bring her down, even if they don't have a good candidate. Uh, I mean, they expect her to win. Um, but they also, uh, want to just they smear the hell out of her. Right. For yeah. 2020. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to play out with the song Greed, because uh, that's okay. kind of basically the issue <laughs> what of we our were talking. time. The yeah. issue of our time, yeah. All right, Chris, I'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good night. You too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye-bye.
got you got to go away It's got you got to go away Hey, hey, hey. It's got you got you got to go away 